Hello and welcome everyone to another InventRight.com YouTube show. My name is Andrew Krause. I co-founded InventRight with Stephen Key over 20 years ago. And we've been coaching and mentoring inventors ever since. We've had students in 65 countries. A lot of times I'll do these shows and I'll do them by myself or do them with Stephen. And other times we'll have a guest. And so today we have Stephen Hafif on and he's with Cyprus. And I met him and he's got an interesting um, website and service where you can list your invention and also it has some, the thing that I have him on today about is his research abilities. So it has some research capabilities, his website as well. So what I asked him to do is come on and share some of the resources that, that he uses, that he uses with this solution so that you can just use directly. And there's some different, there's, I think we're going to talk about the USPTO, Crunchbase, news aggregators, some things that I and Stephen don't typically talk about on the show. Um, so, uh, first off, I mean, Stephen, one of the things that you had mentioned is that people are running out and getting patents all the time, and they really need to research the, the, the industry and what are people doing in that space. Particularly, you're very focused with your research on what are people doing in, the sp in that space right now. Not only what they're doing, but what are they investing in. So, you mentioned... 97% of patents never make any more money than the inventor invested in it. We, nobody really knows where that number came about. Stephen and I use that sometimes because people are too quick to go and file a patent. One of the things that you, the first thing that I wanted to talk about is the patent office. And you were looking at it from a slightly different angle here. You were looking at what are people investing in? Can you talk about that a little bit? Right. So first of all, thank you for uh, having me on. It's good to, uh, to be on the InventRite YouTube channel. Um, so like you said, so, you know, just take a step back. The overwhelming majority of patents, you know, fail to become commercialized. And, you know, that's not great because it creates these you know, legal roadblocks within innovation. And it leads to thousands of dollars lost in, in patent investments every year. So one of the strategies that we took at Cyprus is we wanted to look at you know, before you go out and apply for a patent, we wanted to get a better understanding of, you know, what is the market doing today? Which patents, you know, would you be competing with theoretically if it was a patent, if you had a patent today? Um, and to really understand, you know, what the market trends are based on the data that exists within the USPTO so that you could go out and better strategize your patent application and give yourself a better chance at finding a commercial partner um, and, you know, seeing the patents brought to life. But, you know, you, you had mentioned here what you wrote to me. It seems uh, kind of a little bit more complicated to research what are companies investing in. So can you give me a little bit of strategy there? If you're on the Patent Office website or Google Patents and you're looking for companies in the space of your invention and you're looking at – are you looking at entire their entire patent portfolio, stuff that filed recently – to see where they're going with things. Is, is it complicated or is it really not that hard? So if you, if you have a good understanding of what your product is or what it would be, and you could you know, write down and record a description of it, it's not that difficult to go into the USPTO and some of the public free data uh, like patent search websites to figure out who has products that are similar to yours. And it'll take you know, a lot of recording and, and, you know, plugging in different keywords that you're, that could represent your invention 
to figure out, you know, which companies own technologies that are closely related to yours. And, you know, it's a combination of taking, you know, patent information from the USPTO and, and looking at, you know, company patent involvement, but also going off of the USPTO and looking at their own websites and reading their landing pages and trying to understand, you know, what are they focused on today and how does their, you know, patent portfolio reflect what they're working on? Because you want to get a good understanding of, you know, not only what they've done in the past, but kind of what are they moving into in the future, which is why looking at the patent office and looking at the patent data can be very, very informative and, and, you know, and help you a lot in that process of understanding, you know, what a company is interested in at a given point in time. That, yeah, that's why I wanted to have you on because you're, I don't know if you're naturally like this or you learn it in school or you learn it on your own, but you're, I can tell, very in-depth researcher. So, so let's say you, you go to, you look at this one company and you see like in the last year they've filed five patents with this type of product in that area. And so then you're saying, oh, then you could jump to their website, see if they have a press release, see if they have those new products out there yet. You can see trends. Now, I could see this being very distracting for inventors too. Maybe something isn't applicable to their particular invention and now they're seeing trends and there's opportunity there as well. But um, do you have any tips for the inventor to stay focused on right. their invention and what other people are doing in that space? Right, right. So I think that, you know, along the lines of that, a big problem with market research is that people are focusing on information that isn't really relevant today. So they'll, you know, read news articles from two years ago or three years ago, and they'll really shape their patent application and strategic strategy based on, you know, old information. So to stay focused, you really want to understand what is happening today. And to do that, you know, there are certain resources that you could that you could look at, um, you know, to, to, to get that type of relevant information. So like one of them is, is LinkedIn. So if you wanted to understand what a company is focused on today, a good strategy is to look at where what their key leaders and key personnel are, you know, posting on LinkedIn and what are they following and what and, uh, you know, a lot of times they'll kind of be active in, in showing that they're interested in a specific field or a specific technology um, just by looking at, you know, what they posted today or yesterday or three mm. weeks ago. And to stay focused on that, you really want to make sure that, you know, you know which market your idea fits, you know, within and try to stay ingrained in that market, which is why understanding which companies are involved in the space, you know, in your specific market is very important and not trying to be, you know, not trying to stretch too far outside of that, you know, one circle. Yeah. You, you had mentioned to me that research is not minutes, it's not hours, it's not days, but it's weeks. And and yeah. I, I, I believe you. I can tell you're very, very thorough. And you can really you can really prevent yourself from making some really costly mistakes by doing thorough research. So now the other one that you, you mentioned that's a good place to do research is Crunchbase. What is Crunchbase and what are you looking for there and why is it a great place to do research? Right. So what Crunchbase is, is it, uh, it's a platform. It's, it's similar to, to LinkedIn, but it's primarily focused on startups and investors. So it has public information that you don't have to pay a fee for. You might have to fill out a profile, but I believe it's free to identify, you know, which startups are working within a specific space and how recently they've received funding in that space. So, you know, if if you're looking for companies that maybe don't have involvement in the patent office uh, that, you know, are in your space and you would target as commercial partners, Crunchbase is a good place to go because you could see, 
you know, which startups have received funding and a good indicator of, you know, what an emerging market is going to be and, and what uh, an emerging technology is going to be is one that's receiving a lot of funding and venture capital. So mm-hmm. to look at, you know, which technologies are getting a lot of interest in, in Crunchbase uh, could really show you, you know, within your market, where is money flowing? Where are, you know, where is, what is the future of my market? You know, look at Crunchbase to find startups that are getting funding uh, in that field. Is it, is it mostly for tech Crunchbase? I mean, if you have a, if you're starting up a, a gardening implements company, are you going on Crunchbase or is it more a web-based app? What, what do you find? No, so if, if you, if, if it's really important for you to understand, you know, which, what type of companies are in your market. So if, if you are working within the software field or if you're working, uh, you know, with autonomous vehicles or drones, then Crunchbase is a good resource because they're more catered towards startups and things like that. But if you're more for consumer products, then there are other outlets that you should be looking for. So one is Amazon. So if you're, you know, Amazon is a great source for looking at, you know, what products are that are similar to your idea are being sold on Amazon, you know, at what price points, which ones are the best sellers within that field, who owns them. These are all, this is all publicly available data that really help you reshape your patent application and business, an overall business strategy. But it's very important to first, you know, the first step is to write down, you know, what market am I in and which public data sources, you know, could I leverage to figure out what's going on within my field. The other one that you mentioned was news aggregators. Uh, for those that people don't know, what what is an example of a news aggregator? What can you find there? Um, right. we can, any links you share, we can include in the description down below for folks. Sure. So a news aggregator is basically a source that collects articles from many different news publications. So it ensures that you really don't miss a, a beat or miss one. And one example is uh, Google News. So if you do a quick search on, on Google and you click the news tab, that's considered a news aggregator. They have you know information and news from many different sources, and that's really good for getting relevant information on what's going on today. Uh, is to you know sort it by date and figure out you know what publications are happening within my you know ideas field. That's great, and it's really simple to do. Like you said, like for just for Google, there's other news aggregators, and they could Google that. But you just go to Google, and then instead of clicking on shopping or images, you click on news, and that that'll right. give you the latest. It seems like you're you're maybe it's maybe it's because you're in tech, but I think you can apply this to consumer products just as well. You really emphasize with your searching and your research what's going on today, what's going on right now. Now it's beneficial to know what's happened in the past as well. So I would say that that's not a bad thing. But to be really on top of it, see where companies are going, it's going to increase the likelihood that you pique their interest because they're already going that direction. It could help you uh, hit up the right conversation. You know, you're talking about going on LinkedIn, seeing what they're posting, maybe even make a comment about it. Maybe you interact with the post and say, I've been following you on this or that. So really being on top of what's going on today is a big part of what I'm getting from you. And a big big component of it, as well as you know, not only doing your own primary research. I think that in the market research process, it's very important to speak to a lot of people within the field, and you don't you know want to disclose what you're going to work on too much. Um, but if you reach out to someone in the field and ask them for a quick like informational interview, you know, just to ask them a few questions about the market and where they think it's going and uh, things like that, I think that that could be very very helpful as well. And 
you know, getting a live perspective of, you know, the field before you get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, you know, your, your, your thoroughness with things. Have you always been like that? Did you learn it? Did you have a mentor that said, hey, you really, is this just come naturally to you? How did you, how did you get to where you are with how thorough you are with your research? So I think that, I think that it was really shaped in, in my own business. So in, in launching uh, Cyprus, I did a lot of thorough market research before because I didn't have that much exposure to uh, the, the IP world. But, you know, I want, I was very interested in it and I wanted to learn a lot about it. So I kind of dove in and I felt that after, you know, spending a lot of time, months of doing research, it really helped me when I brought it to market and I was really able to speak the same language as some of the you know key executives that I was approaching. And, and it was worth the time commitment and in, in not jumping into it right away, but taking some time to really think about the market that I'm moving into. Mm-hmm. Does it make you feel empowered and, and confident when you're talking to people? Right, because it's it's a whole other you know ball game when you're speaking the language. It's it's all about understanding the rhetoric, and you you could touch certain buttons. You know, if you know what they're interested in, and you know where the market's going, you know you're more much more likely to get conversations and get emails back from people versus if you, you know just jump into something and you know try to figure it out as you go along. Okay, cool. And people can check out your site. We'll put it down below in the description. Basically, people can list a patent on your site, and then there are research tools. They have to pay for them, but there are research tools that they can use as well. Is that a good way of describing Cypress, or you could probably right. do a better so job than that? The marketplace, it's a combination between a marketplace and search engine, and the marketplace is completely free of any listing fees or commissions. We try to encourage to, you know as many inventors to try to you know post their, their patents uh, on there as much as possible and you could include recent photos and videos and offer type and and so on and then as an additional rate we do a lot of market research type of work uh, for inventors cool i can tell i can tell by talking to you and that's why i wanted you on the show um so guys spend the extra time dig deep i think that's one of the big things that we got from steve today thank you so much for for coming on yep thank you andrew thank you all for having me all right everybody take care keep inventing we'll catch up with you next time see ya bye Thank you.